You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Everybody, laissez le bon temps rouler. We have made it. Mardi Gras, Fat Sunday, because the Knolls, the 1-0 Florida State Seminoles, by the way, as Dane so accurately predicted on the, the first episode of Knoll Thy Enemy, the Florida State Seminoles are rolling in to New Orleans to take on Brian Kelly and the family at the Superdome. Guys, uh, I, Dane, I cannot wait for the second episode of Knoll Thy Enemy. We have been talking about this offline, and my man, your head is just filled to the brim with information like a stuffed fried oyster po' boy. Is that right, Dane? <laughs> That's exactly right. It's about a burst tray. Get it <laughs> out. All right, we'll get it out right now, so it'll be great. So let's just get right into it. Um, Florida State, I thought, largely looked how we thought they would against Duquesne, some areas where I thought were positive and some other – it was interesting. However, more kind of like what we thought they'd be. Versus LSU, I think there's a lot more – kind of intangibles. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of the unknowns are really coming from the LSU side of the football, which isn't something that you would normally say in past years. New head coach, uh, Captain Tomato Face himself, Brian Kelly's there. They're breaking in a new offensive coordinator, uh, Mike Denbrock from Cincinnati, and then also new uh, defensive coordinator, Matt House. I think he was last with the Kansas City Chiefs, previously the defensive coordinator of Kentucky. If you want some more information on like the scheme, things like that, uh, Kevin Little did a wonderful video that was uh, should be posted on Knowles 247. It's on his X's and Knowles YouTube page. Six minutes, really, really great schematic breakdown. Uh, but today, Dane, you and I are going to focus on the personnel. So I think where I want to start, I want to start on the offense. And I want to start at quarterback specifically. Who do they have at quarterback? And I guess who is even going to start for LSU at quarterback? Yeah, so they have two guys competing for that job. They have a registered freshman in Garrett Nussmeyer, who is – I think considered the more uh, high ceiling guy for sure mm. in that room. And then transfer Jaden Daniels um, coming from Arizona state. He was really good early on in his career and uh, hasn't been as great, I guess in the last, in the last <laughs> season, at least at Arizona state, but he gets a new start, a fresh start at LSU here. And I think he'll be the starter. You um, do. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's the experience? Do you think it's more of the, um, the athleticism on the ground? Why do you think he's getting the edge there? I think experience is, is the biggest factor for sure. He has 29 career starts and Nussmeyer has zero. I think going into this game in this kind of environment, I think they're just more comfortable with a guy like Daniels. The the floor is higher, I guess you could say. And, makes uh, makes sense with breaking a new offense. Now, personally, Dane, who would you rather have start? I think I think Nussmeyer definitely has a higher ceiling. I think that's just the belief everywhere. Um as far as throwing the ball, especially Daniels is more of a threat on the ground. So that's something that you have to worry about. But FSU also prepares for that um, pretty naturally in practice, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say so too. It's, it's interesting. I wonder, I I wonder if this game was happening on week six or week seven, who the actual quarterback would be. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I think that's interesting. Like, I think there was an or on the depth chart. So Brian Kelly's a big fan of ors, just like we are. Uh, I'm with you. I think the, the at least the chatter has been that Jaden's going to start. Now, there's been a little bit of upheaval at the running back position. What's going on there, Dane? Yeah, John Emery suspended for the first, I think, two games or one game. Not sure, but he's suspended Works for, for this us. one, which matters. <laughs> um, but he's a he's a former, I, I believe, he's a former five star running back. 
And um, that's a big loss for them. I think he's easily the biggest playmaker in that backfield. And now they're left with uh, Penn State transfer Noah Kane, who was a really good back in his own right, but had a pretty bad knee injury. And um, we'll see if he can get back to the the way he was. And then uh, Armani, Armani Goodwin, um, he's a younger guy and pretty highly rated guy, I believe, too. But we'll see what they have out of that backfield. I think the loss of John Emery is huge, though. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned Noah, Noah Kane. He's going to be the first of many transfers we talked about. I think Chris Nee laid out in his 247 on LSU article, I think that um, LSU brought in 21 transfers, uh, which seems like a lot for a team that has recruited so well. Uh, like LSU has over the years, so that's going to be interesting. Let, let's head to the um, let's head to the offensive line. What do we see there? I think they've got a true freshman uh, left tackle. They've got a kid that FSU fans may be familiar with, FIU transfer Miles Frazier. Well, talk about the composition of this line, Dane. Names to watch, and are they could they be a little bit vulnerable to Florida State's uh, talent and experience on the interior defensive line? Yeah, I think so. Um... Like you said, left tackle, Will Campbell, he's a true freshman. He's a highly rated guy, but um, starting a true freshman in this kind of environment at left tackle against a defensive line like Florida State, you know, you have Jared Verse or Dennis Briggs, Derek McClendon, whoever that is, that's a tough task. So, yeah, definitely, I guess you could say there's a low floor there. Um, And he's a guy with a ton of talent, but – We'll see how that goes. That's a matchup that you would circle. That's a key matchup. Absolutely. Let's shell shock him, Dane. Let's ruin his whole career. <laughs> Let's just mentally break him on game oh, one. I don't, I don't know if I want to say that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this game especially. I mean, at least, yeah. Um, then Miles Frazier, another transfer. Um, he comes in. Yeah, he was a pretty sought-after guy. He came in more as a tackle prospect, right. I think. And, um, but he's going to be playing guard on that offensive line. And then, uh, then you have center... Uh, Bellinger, he's another tackle, but he's playing center for the first time. Interesting. And, uh, okay. Is, was he an LSU guy or was he a transfer in? They just moved one of their tackles to center. Yeah, they moved one of their tackles to center. I think he got a few starts at tackle last year too, but um, he'll be he'll be there at center. And there's been some questions in camp about him snapping. We'll see how that goes. Uh, as far as the, the floor of this offensive line overall, I think he factors in a lot. Um, with his snapping ability, it's, you know, this is where Brenda would normally come in and say something about snapping. But. <laughs> don't, don't, because he might think about it. We'll, we'll keep him <laughs> off right now. Um, and then the right side of the line, who do we got there? Yeah, Anthony Bradford and uh, Cameron Wire. Those are two guys uh, that were at LSU last year, uh, both tackle bodies too. Um, but they didn't start the year starting, I don't think. They're not, they're not guys that really stand out, but they have uh, some continuity there. Interesting. A weird mishmash, a lot of youth, a transfer, a couple guys playing a uh, position for the first time, length. But, I mean, what, what, how would you – Dane, what, what do you think about the overall talent level of this LSU offensive line? It kind of sounds like a mixed bag to me. At least that's how it sounds to me. But what do you think? Yeah, I don't think they have guys that should be expected to be dominant or really stand out in game one, especially. I think Will Campbell's the guy with the highest ceiling in that room. But mm-hmm. in game one of his entire college career, he can't be expected to uh, perform exceptionally well, I don't think. Um, Good. I think, <laughs> I think they're just hoping for for a serviceable bunch um, that can 
play well enough to get the job done here. Um, but that's a unit that FSU's defensive line should be looking to take advantage of, especially because that's FSU's strength of their defense. But that's, I, that's I think definitely so too. a key matchup in this game. I think so too, especially if you've got a guy that's converted over to center, some snapping issues. That's always something that mentally that's in the background. So I'm very interested to see how the old FSU interior does against that LSU interior. I'm going to go tight ends next because I want to save LSU's wide receivers for last because I'm, I, that, that's not going to be a fun one, I don't think. But let's talk about the tight ends. Uh, Brian Kelly has had some great tight end play at Notre Dame. It's something to where fans will remember the name Michael Meyer uh, for for a while. Definitely a very dangerous weapon. Does LSU have any type of those, those sort of prospects here on this team? Or is this an area where it's – it's not a, a Notre Dame tight end room, I guess, to say the least. Um, unfortunately, it might be. But, Come on, uh, no, it, Dane. That's not no, what I, I wanted to hear. <laughs> it probably isn't. Um, if Cole Taylor is the projected starter at tight end. Um, okay. He's a big target, 6'7", 245, real <clears> big dude. Um, but he's not a super proven guy either. I think he has 100 yards on in his career. So it's more the threat of him physically as a six, seven guy. Sure. Like that, that seems scary. But um, I also think him starting over freshman Mason Taylor is noteworthy because Mason Taylor is a guy that Brian Kelly has hyped up a ton um, saying that he is as good as any tight end he's ever coached as a freshman. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty big yeah. praise, obviously. All right. Cajun Brian with the big stuff. All right. Well, so we'll see. So, and some some imposing bodies, maybe some guys yeah. high on potential, no proven production. All right, let's talk about some proven production and some physical uh, tools. LSU's wide receivers. It's an it's a wide receiver factory, and it sounds like they've got their next high high level first round draft pick in a uh, Kayshawn Boutte. So I want you to talk about him. What exactly makes him so electric? And then maybe talk about some of the other guys because uh, there's a lot of production actually on that side of the ball. I think. It, for my money, I guess it's either their wide receivers or their LSU's defensive line. That's their that's their most talented group on the entire team. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think I think the wide receivers are more proven than the defensive line. Um, sure, absolutely. Yeah, and that starts with a guy like Keishon Boutte. Um, he is an all-around wide receiver. He's a wide receiver one. He's potentially the best wide receiver in the country. Um, they say he's a he's a running back after the catch and. He's, there's nothing he does poorly or doesn't do really well. I don't think he's about six one, two hundred pounds. Um, he's just what? really, really good. <laughs> now he he missed about seven games last year with an injury. Do you have any like I was it? I mean, is it one of those ones where the rust going to be hard to come back off of, or has he had a pretty normal spring and no no worries about coming back from that injury? No, I don't think there's any big worries about that. Um, Darn. especially especially in the fall <laughs> he's been totally healthy to my knowledge okay fun uh that that's gonna be tough and i think it's the running back line that you mentioned i think florida state's defensive coordinator adam fuller said as much he's sharp route running explosive ability and then after the catch he can still do quite a bit of damage so florida state's defensive backs are really gonna have their hands full with just him uh especially given i mean omarion cooper did not play last week um like I said, I don't have any breaking information for you right here. I hope he plays, though. So, And I think he's got a decent shot. 
Who are some other guys in that LSU backfield that uh, could possibly cause Florida State some worry or might have a little bit, uh, a lot of space to operate with uh, Butte taking the top off the defense? Yeah, yeah. So you have a guy like Butte who's a superstar, but there's a ton of depth in that room too, which is also fantastic talent and depth. Fun stuff. Right. Um, but that starts with Malik Neighbors. I think he's the number two in this offense. He's another guy who's in all likelihood going to be playing on Sundays. Um, so that's tough. He was a freshman last year. He's really come on this fall, and he's expected to be a, a big impact guy for sure. Him and Butte should be a really deadly combo throughout the season for them. And then Dre Jenkins as well. Um, he kind of came on late last year in the absence of Butte. Mm-hmm. He had, oh, a, I don't have it pulled up. My apologies. It was like eight catches, 160 yards, and two touchdowns against Texas A&M. And that'll do. Win yeah, that'll do. Yeah. That's getting it done for sure. <laughs> yeah. So he's a guy with plenty of ability too. Then uh, Zach Beck, he, I think he was a tight end earlier in his career, and he's they have him listed as a wide receiver now. He's a little bit bigger body, um, but he's a guy with NFL potential too. Um, so that's you're killing that's me here, good. Dane. You're killing me here, Dangerous Dane. Um, and it's interesting as you guys, if you haven't watched it yet, uh, I really want to point you to Kevin's scheme LSU preview video. Um, Mike Denbrock, at least at Cincinnati, he was big on outbreaking routes and then also a vertical shots downfield. Uh, it sounds like he's got a wide receiver core that can definitely do that. To be honest, the only limitation might be the inaccuracy and the decision making of Jaden Daniels. So I, that's what I, that's what I think is the only thing that could limit that wide receiver group. I think that that's the toughest matchup on the whole day as far as our cornerbacks, it, especially when you mention depth, because Florida State are ones I think, especially when you include the safeties of the defensive backfield, very talented. I still think the depth is not what we'd want it to be, and it's one hundred percent going to be tested against that LSU wide receiving core. I'm just going to rip the bandaid off here, quick, too, Dane. We're going to move on to the defense. Let's just talk about LSU's defensive line. Uh, a lot of hype around uh, Mason Mason Smith. Is that the the five-star defensive tackle? Young guy, but then they've got other – you know what? I'll let you get into it, and I'm just going to go take a Tums and uh, let, let my my stomach displeasure settle down because I'm getting a little bit of – I'm getting a little bit of uh, – getting a little bit of reaction thinking about this matchup. <laughs> uh, yeah, all the upside in the world in this defensive line room, there's – it's uh, you have guys like Mason Smith, Jaquel and Roy, um, guys that could be could make this an elite unit, but also guys in the back end. There's depth to this um, that really kind of solidify it there. I think, um, yeah, Mason Smith, three uh, six five, three hundred pounds. He, he could really him and Jaquel and Roy, and then guys behind him like Makai Wingo, who was a freshman All SEC guy at Missouri. He transferred in this past offseason. season, and. Um, Jacobian Glory, uh, Savian Jones, Ali Gay. There's a lot of guys in this defensive line that can do a lot of things. Um, did did even get to there. We haven't even talked about their pass rushing specialist. Was a BJ Ojulari, <laughs> right? right. Like, that's something, too, that it's just uh, – one thing that I think has been pointed out as far as the physical potential of Mason Smith, uh, that he was a five-star true freshman, I think, last year. And there were some times where he did get pushed around. Now, we've seen camp videos of that kid that, that look spectacular, but I, it will be interesting to see what kind of leap – because he does have all the physical potential in the world. But I, 
I think the level of conversation around him is a little bit higher than the actual play that we saw on the field last year. Now, obviously, there's a potential for him, a huge jump to year one, to year two, but uh, we'll see there. But he's the name that's been getting all the attention, Dane. You're the, you're the one with the trained eye. On that LSU defensive line, who uh, who concerns you the most about Florida State being able to handle? Is it still Smith, or is it one of those guys you mentioned like Gay or Ojulari or somebody else? Yeah, I think it is Mason Smith. I think okay. he's going to be the guy that caused the most problems if there is any one guy. But like you said, yeah, he's unproven, really. Um, as a true freshman, he has he had four sacks, five tackles for loss. He only played in seven games, but still. And But three of those four sacks came against McNeese State. So mm, A little bit of stat padding, understand? Yeah. There. Okay. But you, he would still be your most concerned. Is that just because, like, you're projecting a, a decent, a decent uh, jump in – quality of play from year one to year two or is it just that combination of size speed and athleticism on the interior of a florida state offensive line which some by injury some by design played a lot of different combinations on the interior is that the reason why he's still you're like that's the matchup to watch for you yeah both of those things he's he could be a dominant force there he's the most likely guy to be a dominant force there and then going from year one to year two you can have a lot of growth, especially with a guy without sort of those sort of physical gifts. So he's he's really scary, for sure. What do you think? Ma- matchup that's I guess more is going to be more problematic for Florida State. Their LSU wide receivers versus Florida State cornerbacks, or LSU defensive line versus Florida State offensive line. I think the Florida State offensive line versus defensive line is tougher because of all the. Uh, uh, you had to go through so many different combinations in the in the Duquesne game. Right. And there's not like a – I guess they know what they have or they know what they like as the, as the best five. But I guess how healthy are those guys? Um, how well can they hold up anyway? I mean, you have Dimitri Emmanuel there is should take up one of those starting guard spots, I would assume. Right. And um, I think he's listed on the roster there, that, the depth chart. I mean, he's 6'2". Does that length just completely overpower him? Anything like that happen? Sure, you're right. That's a good point. Does he and just then, get thrown around by that kind of length? Like Mason Smith, 6'5", Jaqueline Roy, 6'4", Ali Gay, 6'6". I guess Ali Gay is more likely to defensive end. But um, And then you have the younger guys on the inside, like uh, Bryson Estes, if he goes in the game. Um, we saw Darius Washington uh, get pushed off balance, you know, if he's, if he's going to play center. What's that look like? So there's a lot of questions there. And then with um, with the LSU wide receivers versus our corners, mm-hmm. I think that can be looked at more as, well, yeah, the cornerback position is is a big question mark for us, for sure. But the defensive line can can help them a ton too. Right? Sure, the and then the lot. safeties too. Akeem Dent, Jamie Robinson. Like, there's going to be multiple times I think they're going to bracket Boutte with like and have him some help either the nickel guy, the safety. So I, I, I did think that the matchup, you might be starting to turn my, uh, you might be starting to turn a little bit of what I was thinking. Cause when we did the triple option film review, one thing that stood out to me is I, the offensive line, obviously, I mean, 400 rushing yards, they did, a, they did, they did a good job. Um, on the, on the film rewatch, I actually saw the running backs doing a lot more. And there were some times on the offensive line where it wasn't as clean as I thought on the first watch. And that was particularly from Bless Harris. However, a lot of that was when Bless wasn't playing his natural position of right tackle. And I thought it was kind of hard to evaluate the overall effectiveness just because of all the other offensive line combinations. But I'm interested to see like guys that are moving up, like 
that are moving, they moved up in a level of competition. Like a guy, uh, Dimitri Manuel, he's coming from Charlotte to Florida State. Bless Harris is coming from Lamar to Florida State. So this that that's that's a step up in competition here. And then now it's a, a further step up because you're blocking at least that's being talked about in the preseason, one of the best defensive lines in the country. Um, it's going to be a big test. However, at least – so we, we talked about that. Sorry, Florida State fans. Like, don't worry. There's light at the end of the tunnel because this next matchup, LSU's linebackers, talented guys. But my goodness, especially when you look at some of the PFF grades, pretty abysmal. Out of, out of, they looked a little bit like just more talented versions of Florida State's linebackers last year. They were out of position a lot. Terrible, absolutely terrible uh, in targeted passer rating. And then um, a lot of times either out of position pre-snap or running themselves totally out of the play post-snap. Well, what Am I being too harsh on LSU's linebackers? Because I see a potential area for us to take advantage of, Dane. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I've talked to some guys that are that know that team really well, that like media guys, you know, close to the program people yeah. do. And they don't think that they're a detriment. Um, Interesting. Uh, the, film, the film says totally different, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, um, your two starters there, as far as inside linebackers, that's uh, Greg Penn and Mike Jones Jr. Um, hey, we'll see. I think Mike Jones Jr. is the best guy in that room. Yep, same. Yeah, but uh, but it might be by process of elimination because the Penn kid, uh, like he's he's young. I think he's he's going to be what a sophomore this year, like a redshirt sophomore. Like he's a younger guy. Uh, I think his PFF grade. I'm trying to think of what Brendan said because he was talking about matchups that looked good for Florida State in his article. I think it was in like the mid thirties and uh, Kevin said in his video that uh, I think their passer rating when targeted was like 100th in the country at the linebacker spot. So I'm glad that the, the, the tiger guys are more confident and maybe there has been some good development that's happened. I think that um, I think their coordinator, Matt house, I think he was a line. I think he coached the Kansas city chief linebackers specifically, but I don't know, man, I feel really confident in like Lawrence Toafili out of the backfield, some of those guys like Micah Pittman on some of the motion plays that we run. And just with the way that Mike Norvell gets his offensive line flowing and how he's very good at disrupting the, um, the eye discipline and the movement of the linebackers, just manipulating in the spots that he want to be. Uh, we didn't see a lot from Florida State running backs catching the ball last week, if at all. And I think that's totally different this week. I think that that's a matchup that I'm circling that I think we're I think we're going to take advantage of those guys, uh, especially with the athletes that we have in the slot and at running back. Do you agree, or am I being a little bit too optimistic? No, I think that's I think that's the worst unit on the defense for sure. So yeah. I think that's the guys you have to take advantage of. Let's do it, Dane. I'm with you. Let's give us the play sheet. I agree. We're on the same page. We're two learned gentlemen. Now, the LSU defensive backfield, much like their wide receivers over the years, has always been an NFL production factory. And there is some talent on that side of the ball, but it's weird because it's all transfers. There's a ton of transfers in that backfield, right? What what, what do you think? What do you make of LSU's defensive backfield? Because it's a lot of guys that are going to be playing together for the first time in a really high-profile environment. Definitely, yeah, especially the cornerback position. Their top four corners on the outside are all transfers. That's so, crazy. Where, where did yeah. they transfer in from? SEC schools, smaller schools? Yeah, I mean, the top guy in that room is probably Jarek Bernard Converse. He's one of those guys. He was an all-Big 12 defensive back at Oklahoma State. 
Um, then you have uh, behind him, you have there's guys like Seven Banks. He comes from Ohio State. Um, then you have Colby Richardson. I think he's from uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah. The real, real Cajuns, not fake like Brian Kelly, the real Cajuns. It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family, and we are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana. Hey, there's a lot of transfers right now, so four of the top cornerbacks are transfers. One of the safeties is a transfer. Is there anybody that played defensive back for LSU last year projected to start on snap one in the yeah. Superdome? Yeah, last year. So they have do have some continuity in the back end. They're two starting safeties. That's uh, Major Burns and Jay Ward. Uh, both okay. of those guys are experienced with LSU, and but both of those guys are pretty good players in their own right. I think Jay Ward's one of the more one of the bigger standouts in that secondary. So those guys are there. And then uh, Joe Fusha, he is an Arkansas transfer, but you could add some depth there for sure. Okay. So uh, new cornerbacks, experienced safeties. Uh, what do you make of the LSU defensive back unit? Florida State's wide receiver play, granted, against Duquesne, I thought looked much improved. Uh, what, are we still outmatched by this LSU platoon of like transfer cornerbacks? What do you think, Dane? Or is this somewhere where Florida State's wide receivers might be able to get a little bit of separation? Hey, we will see. Um, it's 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 <laughs> it's a, it's a big, <laughs> it's a wild card with this. Um, with the four new guys, there's Jared Bernard Converse, like I said, Makai Gardner. He's a six two, two hundred seventy seventeen pound corner from Louisiana. You have Colby Richardson, Seven Banks. These are all guys who are talented in their own right. They were high-profile transfers, but they come in, and we'll see how well they click. I think that's what it's going to come down to, how this defensive backfield clicks and what kind of chemistry they have in game one because I think they're all individually talented players, but can they play well with a new defensive coordinator and so so many new faces in that room who haven't played a game together? That's a good point, man. There's so many, and just like we said at the beginning, of Noel thy enemy, the the best pun-based Florida State opponent preview podcast that's ever existed in the history of audio files. Um, we said earlier, there's so many more unknowns on the LSU side of the ball, which is strange. New head coaches, new coordinators, a lot of transfers, a lot of guys that haven't played together where cohesion is at a maximum, like across LSU's offensive line, across the backfield. Like, how are all those transfers going to communicate? How are they going to work in concert with linebackers that last year showed that they were out of position? That just makes a defensive back's job, as we know as Florida State fans from watching last year, so much harder. So if they can limit, if they can limit the impact of the LSU defensive line, there are gaps to take advantage of against that defense, which in other years prior, there have traditionally not been. Now, Dane, is there anything else you want to get to before I put you on the old hot seat? Le hot seat. Anything else you want to hit before I get you on that prediction train? Um, yeah, there is another defensive back I forgot to mention. Greg Ward, I think he might be outside of Bernard Converse. Converse missed a lot of time in the spring and fall, so he is that kind of adds to him being a bit of a wild card. I think he's mm-hmm. probably the most proven guy going into this This. I guess the spring, but he's missed a lot of time. Um, Greg Ward, he's a nickelback. He's a, another transfer, but um, but he, he played <laughs> really well in the spring. He stood out a lot, so he's definitely got a note at the nickel. Okay. Dane, 
We've talked about it all. There's some inter- it's it's a fun matchup because FSU's strengths match up good against LSU's weaknesses, and LSU's strengths match up good against Florida State's weaknesses. It's one of those. So what do you think, my friend? What do we see in the Superdome? Give me your prediction time. Yeah, so LSU, I think they're just they're the more talented team, but obviously they don't have any sort of continuity uh, in the, uh, coaching, and they have so many new transfers. They bring in one of the best transfer classes in the country. It's it's Come really on. hard to call, but um, in New Orleans, I think. Oh, what are you going to do, Dane? I don't even know what you're <laughs> going to say. I'm on the edge of my seat. I don't know what I'm going to say either, Trey. Um, <laughs> Perfect. This you is know, great radio. I, I love it. I, I think um, I think FSU is going to pull this one out. I'm going to be Come really on. optimistic here. That's my guy. What do we think, score prediction happy. wise? Uh, something like twenty-eight to twenty-seven. That I, you know what? I'll give you guys a sneak preview whenever I write mine up too. I'm thinking we're going to squeak out a two or a three pointer, especially now, guys. Know thy enemy. We are in concert. You now know everything there is to know about the LSU Go Tigers. Um, so this is something we're going to be doing every week. Dane is the most learned man in the game. Always does a fantastic job. We will be talking to you. There's going to be a plethora of pre and post game coverage on Knowles 24 seven. There's a ton, there's a ton for you guys to digest. So obviously subscribe to this audio feed, subscribe to both YouTube channels, become a member on the board. There's always a discount and just uh, be on the lookout, man. It's a huge weekend for Florida state, Mike Norvell. And, uh, this is another episode of Noel Thy Enemy. It was a pleasure, and we will see you next week. Go Noles, les les bons Noles roulés.